For today's episode, you've seen my guest and you've heard my guest, but you may not know my guest. His Twitter bio reads, actor, director, sculptor, cattle rancher, husband, father, son, community volunteer. That's a busy business card. But it's how he sees himself. It's always fascinating when somebody who's so accomplished confirms that they don't see themselves the way that we see them. You see, we see him as Daniel Stern, the discerning one year's narrator. We see him as Daniel Stern, the subdued city cowboy with rattlesnake poison in his ass and city slickers. We see him as Daniel Stern, the bungling burglar in Home Alone. And we see him as Daniel Stern, the loose cannon pitching coach in Rookie of the Year. And right now, we see him as a shrewd time traveler, a future version of himself who has traveled back in time to stop himself from inventing time travel in James versus his future self, now on video on demand. Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, I am your left-handed host, Sammy Yunan, and I'm proud to welcome actor, director, sculptor, cattle rancher, husband, father, son, community volunteer, Daniel Stern, to my summer lair. Hi, Sammy. This is Daniel Stern calling. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm just adjusting the levels. <clears throat> okay. Make me sound wonderful. I will. Make me sound smart. Um, I don't have the program to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no one does, it turns out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeless. I know. If I also had the editing program to like edit out my bad jokes as well, that would also help. <laughs> AI will be covering that in like three years. Don't yeah. Worry. So unfortunately, we got to do that. We got to do this interview today. So let's like do our best, and we'll kind of uh, soldier on, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I just want to ask before we kind of get into the film. Uh, as an avid sculptor, are you using this lockdown time to build any unique sculptures, or is this too stressful? I am. Yeah. I am. I'm on a. I, I, it's that's really a great question. Thanks for asking that mm-hmm. one because I. Uh, yeah, I've. I've started a huge <laughs> monumental uh, totem pole. Oh, uh, which is uh, gonna—it's—it's it's nine feet high. It's got like five figures stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm gonna be on lockdown for a long time. I'm gonna give myself the hardest thing I can do. So, over the past week, I've been carving up. I, uh, when I I do uh, bronze sculptures, which uh, which I sculpt in clay and then it gets cast in bronze. So, but underneath the clay, I, I start with styrofoam, you know, just to give an armature to it. Mm-hmm. So the last week I've been just carving up huge pieces of foam and making this uh, new sculpture. And yeah, I figured I'd give myself just a big pile of work to distract myself. Okay. <laughs> so we can look forward to that soon, I guess, or how long do you think that will take? Uh, that's going to be, that's like two or three months of work. I mean, this, these things take a long time when I do the big stuff. So, uh uh, but I will, uh, I will. Uh, if you send me your email, I'll, I'll uh, you know, to my agent or through uh, my guys there, uh, I'll send you pictures. I'll give you updates on it. Yeah, we need closure. <laughs> me too. Uh, so we will uh, switch gears to the other thing that you do, which is make movies. Yeah. And in previous interviews, you said that after making Rookie of the Year, you became a Cubs fan, and after making City Slickers, you bought a cattle ranch. <laughs> so, yeah. after making James versus his future self, does this mean you'll be buying a time machine or start time traveling? <laughs> uh, 
no, I've taken the opportunity to really become a balanced, centered human being. That's what this taught me, mm-hmm. how to become the better me, uh, which uh, I lasted for about a week, and that now I'm back to my old self. So it's almost like you need your own future self to come back and kind of course correct you again. <laughs> you know, I've actually had the luckiest life of anybody I've ever met. Uh, I, I dropped out of high school and moved to New York to be an actor and became an actor and met my wife when I was 19 and we're still married 40-something mm-hmm. years later and have my kids are, uh, one's a doctor, one's a, a senator, a musician, uh, you know, I mean, I've had a movie career. I'm really the luckiest person I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And even all the mistakes that I've made in my life, some of them actually have turned out to be some of the best learning experiences for me. So, you know, it's a movie about going back and looking at yourself. And I, uh, it's given me the chance to go back and look at myself and go, well, actually, I don't, I mean, even the stupid stuff <laughs> shouldn't mess with it because I learned from that too. Yeah. You know, interesting. Well, you mentioned like you've been together with your wife for a number of decades now. Are, as yeah. uh, as the voice of older Kevin Arnold, were you disappointed that Kevin and Winnie <laughs> didn't end up together? Speaking I of am. stupid stuff. That was uh, when you get to the final script, you know, and it's like they didn't end up together. That was, uh, but you know that that show was always about being bittersweet. Again, that balance, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, it never got wrapped up in a tidy bow, and, and uh, you know, it, it, life is a little messy, as we really are seeing now. And, um, you know, I, I guess they weren't really meant to be together. They were childhood loves. She taught him how to be in love, but maybe she wasn't the love of, of his destiny. Oh, that's eloquent. Wow, it was. Could you send me a recording of that? I don't know if I've ever been eloquent before. Yeah, no, that's uh, that was very touching. Actually, that was almost <laughs> narrator-like. It's almost like yeah. you, you almost had like a script still left over or something. <laughs> well, I, I dearly loved that show. I really did. It's it's fantastic. It's still kind of out there for people to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, those stories were just. Just, again, just very human, very funny, very, you know, just evocative of the time. For me, Kevin Arnold was my, you know, grew up at the same time that I did. And actually, one of the writers of, uh, of, of Wonder Years, Carol Black, uh, grew up in my neighborhood, as it turned out. I didn't oh, know that wow. at the time. So I really felt an affinity mm-hmm. towards that show. Uh, so, yeah, and I still sound like the guy pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> which kind of helps. <laughs> Because you got hired to do the guy on The Simpsons, too. Oh, oh I, when I did The Simpsons? Yeah, because you got to do yeah. the, the narrator for like a like That's a true, bit. right. I, did. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to pick up on this because that's one of the themes of the, the movie, too. You already mentioned the balance, but one of the themes of the movie is also a lot of comedy. So does the type of comedy um, factor into your decision to make a movie? In City Slickers, you were, like, more subdued, even when you had rattlesnake poison in your ass. <laughs> in Home Alone, of course, you did lots of physical comedy. And yeah. Rookie of the Year, you were, like, this over-the-top character. Yeah. So are you looking for just comedy-comedy when you make a movie, or are you looking for a specific type or a different type of comedy when signing up for a film project? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, You know, I'm... I'm looking for the story. I mean, I think that's the first thing. I want to I wanna feel like the stories 
a fun story to be a part of that I want to be a part of telling. And I love it when they're really funny. I mean, I've done some movies that don't have much humor, but every movie needs a bit of humor. But yeah, I, I, so uh, so and then and then what's my role in that funny movie that I'm signing up for? So I like to do all kinds. I mean, cerebral comedy, you know, great jokes. Uh, but I also obviously love doing the big silly stuff in the Home Alone stuff. But the, the reason those movies are funny and the reason I guess I'm funny in them is because the stories work so well. Because you're invested, it's not just standalone that that joke was good or that that um, you know gag was funny, but it's because you care about the movie. You know, I mean, in, in, in Home Alone, we were really funny, but at the end of the movie, you're still crying when the mom comes home and the boy finds his mom and the neighbor. Mm. You know, I yeah. mean, it's like it's emotional. And in Rookie of the Year, same thing. It, it's you know, it's still an emotional movie at the end, and and City Slickers too. So, so and, and James has that too. So I, I I love. There's nothing more satisfying than hearing the audience laugh. Mm-hmm. But it's always got to be in the con. I mean, it, it always works best when it's in the context of a good movie. And whatever the style of comedy is, I I enjoy trying my best to be funny. You know, in in different kinds of ways. So we've touched upon the fact that you're uh, a time traveler in James versus his future self, mm-hmm. and and we touched upon the balance and we touched upon the comedy. So how are you describing this movie? Is this a comedy movie or sci-fi, a romantic comedy, or what are you telling people? Comedy, yeah, it is. I mean, and, and when we were we we worked on the script a lot before, you know, and 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 it really always got back to the. I want to fall in love. I'm coming back because I missed a chance to fall in love with Cleopatra's character, you know, and I'm kicking myself for it. So at the heart of the movie, it's a romantic comedy, how to make yourself stop working so damn hard. You're hiding from life. You're hiding. A lot of us hide behind our work. I mean, I find I find focus in my work a lot of times, but also it can tip to the point where you're hiding from your life. So it, it, but it was always about that love, you know. So I do think I would say it's a romantic comedy, you know. And I, I thought it was so interesting to play those scenes with Cleopatra to be in love with her, and the regret of my character older, and now she's just like, who's this creepy old dude, <laughs> you know? And it's like <laughs> it's not, it's not that. It was the regret, and, yeah. And it was the regret about her. And that's where I think the movie found a good balance and, and a good message, you know. Uh, in, in, and, and they end up together. It has to be a happy ending, you know. Oops, right. I gave it away. But, there you, you know. go. Well, it helps because you're so smooth, too, though. <laughs> you're showing the younger son, your ver- younger version of yourself, how it's done. How it's done, you know. It was, I love those scenes, you know, because, uh, again, he was so obsessed in the work. It's like I finally learned how to do it after I be. After I got out of being you, and, and I learned how to be a real person. And like, hey, I listened to what she was saying. How about that for a, a, a good romantic partner? <laughs> listen to listen to her. So, it, yeah, it's fun. It was, those were fun scenes, you know. And kind of, uh, again, just giving myself advice was, uh, was a, a charming part of the movie, you know, to, to get that second chance at yourself. Mm-hmm. So as we've already alluded, you come back uh, from the future, basically, to the past, and uh, you're hanging out with your younger self uh, to impart all this wisdom, eloquent wisdom, as we've established. (laughs) 
So did you and the actor uh, who plays your younger self, Jonas Chernchik, did you guys have, did you have any discussions on how to mirror certain characteristics or how to reflect off of each other? Because you're t- essentially playing the same person. We did, you know, and, uh, you know, just trying to find like subtle little physical things that we do. Because I, I mean, we look somewhat somewhat the same but pretty obviously different and we sort of explain that through i mean the time travel messes you up mm-hmm. and stretches you and makes you big and fat like me mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the <laughs> handsome beautiful jonas yeah. but um yeah we tried to find similar i mean i didn't want yes similar characteristics things still that we you know just subtle physical things um but they might be too subtle because it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the audience makes that connection and really sees us as the same person or not. And it almost doesn't matter because that wasn't the point was to be doing, Oh, this is what I'm like in the future, you know, and look at how similar we are. It's how different I became. And so those were again, subtle. They're there, but it was really about, I've changed man. And I've come back to try to change you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the difference in, in us, of the two of us, as much as the similarities. Yeah, and yourself, working as a director, has that kind of shaped how you now approach your own acting when you're just kind of, this, you're just showing up as an actor now? Absolutely. I, I You know, I it's hard for me to just show up as an actor. I Again, I worked on the script with Jonas and Jeremy for a year before we did it, because I, 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 I yeah, I, I like to be part of the movie. I mean, I do like to come in and act on a show. I can't help in my mind going, oh, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? We could do it efficiently. I, I, I love directing, and I really love leading a crew and getting the best out of a crew. I mean, that's the, that's the best part of it is uh, working with intimately with the cinematographer and the costumer and the production designers and all those other artists who you get to – you know, get your fingers in their pies. But, um, and this one was really super collaborative with, with the guys. And, um, and so it was deeply satisfying that we kind of all got to do it together. Uh, and it wasn't just that kind of job in feeling to this one. It's interesting when you talk about balance, you are doing sculpting, which is by yourself. And then just now you're just all excited to like work with the crew and build up this whole set and build up this whole universe and like make this movie. Cause a movie is a village, right? Exactly. So is that also part of the balance too, where like you like just kind of being out with people and hanging out <laughs> with people and then you need a little alone time, no pants time. That's it, man. You know, that's it. It's the balance. I, I, it, you know, I, I can spend weeks in my studio by myself and then it's like, I'm done. Something goes off in my head, and then I'm just ready to be in show business again. And then I want to be on the crew. You know, there's. I mean, I've grown up in the movies. You know, I've been on movie sets since I'm 20 years old. So mm-hmm. that's really. A, I think of it as a circus performer. I just go in the circus and go <laughs> to that place and that place and do the show and do the show. And you bond with those people and the that camaraderie on the set, anybody who's listening who's been in a, a theater play, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, God, we're in this together. We're doing the show. We're making up this world. So I thrive on that. I thrive on my alone time. You know, I, 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 I yeah, I, I'm pretty balanced that way. But I've, I'm lucky that I have the time, money, and, you, you know, to, to, to do that, too. I, I don't think that everybody has the 
cushy circumstance that I'm in in order to find those choices. So I, I, I also think it's my responsibility <laughs> because I've been so fortunate in my life. I better live my life the best I can because I've got a one in a million chance. And if I don't take advantage of this life, then, then that's a double, a double bad thing because I've been given the opportunity to try to find that balance and to help other people and give back to community. And I consider it part of my responsibility for being so lucky. Your gratitude makes you very, makes you almost qualified to be a time traveler and come back and impart this wisdom. <laughs> well, that could, that could still happen. You know, it could, I'm available. Okay. And so really, if anybody listening out there has a time travel machine, I would volunteer. All but right. I would go back and tell my parents to not raise me the way they did because I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> that's fine. We, uh, we'll put you in the DeLorean instead of Marty McFly and see what happens. <laughs> There's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll wrap up now because your real movie, James versus his future self, is now out on video and demand. Yes, it is. I, you know, and again, if you're hanging out, and I, I think it's, you know, I think there's good laughs in it, a nice message. It's a romantic comedy. It's got a good heart to it. So, yeah, people got a, you know, got the time. I, I, I think. I mean, I, I hope they do enjoy it because mm-hmm. I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a really sarcastic time travel movie too. <laughs> yes, it's a time travel movie for people who don't like time travel movies because yeah. I'm not yeah. really that, you know, like I'm not a sci-fi guy that much. Mm-hmm. But it's just sort of the pretext to get you to, to giggle and, uh, and cry. So as we wrap up, final question, I guess, the inevitable question that I'm sure you always get, what are you working on next? I'm actually, uh, I was ready to, I'm going to be directing a film that I wrote uh, called Everything's Peachy. It's based on a play I wrote, actually, a few years ago. And we were set to go in July, but um, now I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that comes together, you know, in the fall. So it's, uh, I'm going to be directing uh, a, a movie next, which is really like you, like I guess I said before, that's that's sort of my favorite job. So uh, I'm 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 hoping it all life gets back to normal as soon as I can, as, as soon as it can, so I can uh, get that up and running. All right, thank you, Daniel. I think we covered hey, everything. We, we covered uh, sculpting. We covered uh, time travel. We covered Kevin Arnold. I mean, the only thing left to talk about is Chud, but we'll do that on the next one. Okay, <laughs> there you go. We'll do a part two, a sequel. Okay, good. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Sammy. Take care. Bye. Yo, welcome to Notes and Noteworthy. Directed by Jeremy Lalonde, James versus Future Self is all about time. In the present... James feels like he is running out of time. And in the future, James knows he doesn't understand the value of time. It's kind of like why we consume time travel books and movies, so we can be reminded about the worth of time. I mean, we talk about time the exact same way we talk about money. You can save time, and you can spend time, and you can waste time. You've run out of time. That's the hinge of James versus his future self. If your future self came to you saying it's high time to make dramatic changes, and if you're successful, you could still make up for lost time.
Would you listen to the warnings from your future self in the present? When the movie opens, James is a hyper-focused, slightly obsessed, I guess, scientist or physicist. or He's some kind of egghead, and he's determined to solve time travel, which sets up this... Uh, is paradox the right word? I'm not sure what it's called. It, it's when a man is so focused on time travel, he doesn't value the time that he does have. He's so busy creating time travel to get to the future, he fails to live in the present. James has delayed grieving his parents with his sister. She's super annoyed by that. A fellow physicist slash egghead nerd who fancies him is often ignored and rarely a priority. James is bad. He takes her for granted. Typically, whenever somebody's on drugs, they need an intervention. But when time travel is involved, that requires a time traveler intervention. Which is how Daniel Stern factors in. You gotta figure, if you're going to cast a time traveler whose mission it is to come back to the past, all older and wiser, based on hard-earned reflections that Daniel Stern, as the astute one-year's narrator, would be ideal to cast. As you heard my conversation with Daniel, this isn't a hardcore sci-fi movie or like uh, even a time travel movie about trying to reunite your teenage parents at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. James vs. His Future Self is a sweet comedy firmly set in the present because truly, these are our wonder years. These are the only moments we'll have. These happenings will be the ones that we reflect on as we get older. The fun, the, the laughter, and the people we choose to love and thankfully, the people who choose to love us back. In an odd sort of way, love is often at the heart of almost every single time travel tale. Second chance opportunities and hope and love and time run through James versus future self with a feverish energy. It's no different than Daniel Stern as a manic time traveler. If you've seen him in Home Alone or like uh, Rookie of the Year, then you know he provides his classic comedic shenanigans. Think of Kramer from Seinfeld as a time traveler He's come back to the present with a warning. That's kind of what like Daniel Stern is like, just with better facial hair. And in the end, is it enough? Does President James heed the warnings from future James? Well, I suppose I could tell you, but it's not going to be as fun as finding out for yourself. So at the risk of my future self coming and preventing me from telling you how this movie ends, you could see for yourself. James vs. Future Self is now available on iTunes and Video On Demand in Canada. It is coming to Sky TV in the UK on April 27, and it will be in the US May 1st. Can't decide what genre you're in the mood for? See them all. It's a totally fun movie if you just want to chill and not think too much. Solid mix of romance and sci-fi, so you get a couple of solid genres in there. Before I step out, since we're talking about time travel, I highly recommend James Glick's Time Travel History. It is a real science-based book that impressively breaks down all the different theories and ideas associated with time travel and ultimately whether it's possible. Utterly fascinating book. There's an argument on every page, concepts for you to agree with and concepts for you to disagree with. It's always a good night when you can spend it arguing with a book. What would you want your future self to come to your present to warn you about or to tell you about? Do you believe in spoilers from time travelers? Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, you can follow me and reach out to me on social media, my pal Sammy, my pal Sammy for IG, for Facebook, and for Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to me in the Netflix world. Time travel, yo.